Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast this is rebellions bloom our star wars umbrella show here and it's the bad batch bitches i am colton robertson and as always i am joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you and on the screen below me that i can see and you cannot for the first time since the Council of Kenobi, I am joined by Kyler Barnett. What's up, homie? Nothing much. Happy to be back. Long absence, but uh, you know it's always good to get on the show, talk some Star Wars with the with the boys. Oh, fuck yes, KBZ! I'm so happy to have you back, buddy. It's been, uh, it's been too long, and there was no greater more momentous occasion for us to come back together than the return of one of just what has been and what has become one of my primary comfort shows. Just an absolute pleasure to watch weekly. And I cannot, I cannot believe we have it back. And it's, oh, man, no, I know. It's, and it, it, it's something that I feel like got swept under the rug, like in the, in the aftermath of like Kenobi being such a like big, large scale television show. Like this was one that always felt like people are looking ahead to Mando, not like bad batches. Like that's just a stopgap, if anything, to a lot of people, I feel like. So it was great to see something come back. Like you said, like it's a comfort show. I can watch mm-hmm. that and like. Where I used to watch Clone Wars and like that, it's hard for that to be a comfort show with how hard hitting that shit can be. And it's not to say Bad Batch doesn't have its moments. Episode two, for example, already came with the heat a little bit, but, um, it is like just something that like never fails to make you smile at least like every like two or three minutes in that show. There is something that happens, a break from the action, a break from the like serious. Oh, dude, the fact that we've got like, I remember when Bad Batch season one ended and we were like four weeks removed and I was on this podcast and I was like, you got, I, I miss Omega. Like I, I, I wanted Omega back in my life and now we've got her back. We've got tech and echo front and fucking center, baby. Dude. I love them. And yeah. these, and these first two. All right. I'm definitely that. that yeah. There's definitely going to be some overlap based on what's already going down. Already, oh, yeah. already here. As always with our uh, with our television discussion, we are going to go over our favorites at some point for each episode, but we are not going to do scene by scene breakdown just because eventually when the Bad Batch and Mandalorian overlap, it'll get to be a bit much if we're going scene by scene for everything. So kind of just a free flowing conversation about each episode. And I wanted to start with general thoughts and feelings. Uh, let's start with specifically the premiere episode, Spoils of War. Uh this was released today, January 4th, and uh, no information on who wrote or directed it on fandom. Mm-hmm. So that's strange. But how you feeling about it, Joey? Haven't let you speak. 
Ah, man, no, this was, this was, I will say, like, Bad Batch was sort of, not swept under the rug, but it's, it's, it was a show that is like, we're hearing, you know, Andor, we're super hype off that, and we're like, alright, Mando season three, Ahsoka, let's, you know, live action, live action, live action. So, it, it kind of, my brain has just been in live action mode, but now, like today, after just going back to animation, you know, just back to, Seeing Omega just on screen, you know, like, whenever, like, it opened up, like, with her just, like, laying back for a little second, you know, just, like, laying back, just for a split second, and then, like, she has to get up and go, but it was, it was nice just to be like, ah, I'm, I'm seeing all these people I love back on screen again, you know, it was just so comforting, um, and I've watched it, like, I don't know, four or five times today now, I think, like, like, both the episodes just kind of, like, throughout the day, I just kind of put it on the background as, after, like, the third watch. Yeah, I woke um, up nice and early, watched it twice before I went to work, both episodes, and then watched it once while I was at work. Mm. Uh, we had a nice dead day where I was able to do that, so that, that fucked. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I love this shit. I'm eating it up. I cannot wait for every Wednesday. Every Wednesday morning, I get to wake up, make a cup of coffee, and watch some Bad Batch, because that's just what it's that's just what it's all about for me right now. Fucking love that shit. And the character design upgrades for my money. I love Ooh, the new looks. The new looks. looks? Hell yeah. Yeah, the... I love them. See, the little color? Not, you know, they're not... Uh, they're each individual you know that th- i think that's what kind of what they're getting at is that like these clones are very different from the rest they're not just following their programming yeah, and i think they want to distance themselves from that look that they had i mean you got to think like that look was really what they were rocking with when they were still with the republic and you know all that so i think it's nice to show that they are definitely into a whole different arc they are their own i mean like you said like they're different but also like they're they're separating themselves an image from, you know, what they once were. But, dude, I just gotta say, like, is this scene, like, to see that opening, it, it, like, took me back so fast. Like, it literally felt like you hit it on the head a little bit, Joe, when you said that, like, it just kind of, like, felt like it picked up without a, like, without a beat, missing a beat. Um, Dude, the color of, like, not just the characters, but that opening sequence on the island, man, that was some... Oh god. Some Star Wars ass, animation. Dude. I mean, dude, it has came like such a far away. I mean, like you saw it in Clone Wars, but it is still every time it never ceases to amaze me. Like the things they're doing with color in this show is such, something so simple, but it goes like it works a lot in the long run of like just like the beauty of the animation. You can really appreciate that. Oh, 100%. And there's so many little things in the animation that they do not have to do that they go ahead and, like, it just, it adds work. They go the work. extra mile, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. It adds yeah, work for the animators, and it pays off in a big way. One of the small things that happened in that very opening, like, scene is they come around that corner running as fast as they can, and as soon as they hit the water, Echo trips and falls on his face and hunter has to bend over and pick him up and keep running and it's just it's just such a cute character moment that they didn't have to do they could have just gone ahead and gone all right they're gonna run cleanly around the corner and they're gonna keep running you know but no they made echo trip and fall over they made hunter stop to pick him up and i think that's so fucking cool like just these little tiny things that they insert to make it feel just a little bit more real and i think that's uh that's something that's just so cool to me and uh when it came when it came to those looks man those new looks 
Hunter mm. bringing the fucking heat, of course. Man uh, sexy. Man as always. That's a beautiful mm. man. Uh, I'm so glad Omega's out of those Camino jammies. Uh, Mm-hmm. That she finally has an outfit she probably got to choose. Absolutely love that, and I love her little hat. That's kicking. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The the like everybody's got a helmet. You can tell she definitely wanted something that like felt like in that realm, but also unique. Nah, yeah, that that thing's fitting. Yeah. It's a little, it's a, it's a little goofy, but it, it fits. It fits. Oh it yeah, it sure. is goofy. It, it sure. She, she reminds me of like a zookeeper. Her entire aesthetic <laughs> feels very zookeeper esque, and I, I absolutely love it though. Yeah, like the bow's pretty sick. I like uh, this season. I think they're addressing a lot of the issues that people had with the show before. And when I say issues, I think it's like the they're not real issues. It's just people who hate the show to hate the show. Like whenever they're like I hate Omega, people are like, "Oh, she's so annoying." And it's like, well, she is a kid. She is a child. And like, yes, she gets them captured a lot, or yes, she does dumb things sometimes but like she's a kid right now and like that's the point of her character is to like do these things but now episode one she is holding her own the whole time you know like she is she is actually helping the team way more than she's hurting them now like what i really loved about this season premiere is that some of the fair gripes with the show were that it got a little repetitive in season one and I liked it. I loved season one. It made me feel, it made me feel comfy, but a lot of the episodes were that, uh, Hunter tells Omega to stay behind. Omega goes off mission. They have to save Omega. They get in trouble. Omega ends up saving them in some way. And that's like, that's perfectly fine. It made me nice and happy, but it did. It, it was a little repetitive immediately off rip in this season. Omega doesn't get them into one lick of trouble. She is literally just help. And I think that's really cool. Another one of the fair gripes that I really, really understood from season one was that Hunter kind of was the be all end all. I say it, it goes sort of guy. And they immediately opened this episode with the rest of the batch talking him into a mission, which I was like, Oh, they're, they're addressing exactly what everyone had beef with in season one and immediately getting even wrecker to go like, we took a vote. And we all think that we ought to go on this mission. And we what? just got to convince Mr. Krabby Pants over here. I think they literally like, called him something. Yes, Dark like, and broody. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. It's it's perfect. Like, just the, all of those fixes, focusing on tech and Echo way more, was yes, awesome. Thank you. Actually, Give them their flowers. Them. Yes, Give man. them their flowers. Um, I love this hand back yes, Echo. But, um, Echo. Oh, go ahead, Kyler. Oh, I was just going to say that I, I agree. Like, I feel like the way that they have allowed them to kind of dictate some more of the plans, like as a team, rather than just Hunter lead the way. Like, not only does that, like, help solve the problem of, like, everyone else's involvement and stuff, but also, like, it makes it to where you can't sit here and say Omega is causing the problem. Like, every no. time, necessarily. Like, they are clearly all, like, they know damn well that, like, Hunter was hesitant on this mission that's not on just omega now like whatever happens like no absolutely not it it, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting one too because it, like i like that the way they framed this it was nobody's fault right, you know I mean, no, dude, nobody they're, did they're anything fighting wrong a big ass empire bro like at its at its rise like this is not the time to be fucking with them but they are fucking with them so i mean oh. you gotta be ready hey man and in this first episode that's why Echo is my favorite character in, in episode one. Kicking oh, yeah. off the episode with uh, 
yo, Hunter, we need to be doing more. I'm glad we saved Omega, but you got like, yeah, you got to recognize that more than just Omega needs help. We can't just protect Omega. We need to protect everybody else. And with that comes my first prediction of the season. Ooh. Echo does not last in the bad batch. He joins the rebellion. Uh, he wants to be more at the center of the chain. Yes, I don't I think like he's, I, and I don't think the batch as a whole does it. I think Echo leaves, and he goes maybe with Rex, and finds Ahsoka, and uh, like uh, yeah. the Martinez sisters. I guess he is the only one that's not an actual member of the, you know, like biologically born as the Bad Batch. He yeah. just joined because he was already he was just so fucked up. Like poor Echo. <laughs> like this poor dude has just gotten absolutely just steamrolled his whole life and and I don't know, but that that was my favorite line of the episode. Um and I was debating on whether he was my favorite character. This was by far like I don't know, maybe seen um I don't, I don't really know where I want to put it, uh, but, like, that line that Echo said of him just being like, we've seen what the Empire is doing, like, we need to do more. Um, the delivery like of it was really good. Everybody's just, got it. Everybody's got that line, because I, I, I had that, too. Like, that one was early in the episode, and immediately, like, as soon as it gets spoken, the levity they gave that moment, like, specifically in the show, you could just tell, like, that's what they want people to hear in this moment. Like, if you take away one line from that show, that's, like... That's yeah. their goal. Eighty percent of people probably to take away that line, and like they filmed, they like they shot it like that, like the. Oh yeah, it was that was a like powerful scene. Like I, I, I need to like watch it right now to be sure. But like as I remember, like silence, like framed beautifully with like just those two in the shot, and like the passion that he's speaking with that shit, like that the level, like I said, like that felt they like bring- a moment, and it was episode one, like five minutes in. Oh, it's wonderful. And I love how much they can pack into a 20-minute span of time. Dude, no kidding. Like, I looked and saw the first episode at 23 minutes, and it like you're not thinking about it. But then you watch it, and you're like, man, that was like a long 23 minutes somehow. Like, like know, long and f- it was like fat. It's like I'm kind of at the end, and I'm like, man, a lot kind of happened in that 23 minutes. But like I kind of didn't even realize 20 minutes passed. Like I don't know. It was just kind of like I was so in it. Like I don't It was just – very easy like okay yeah next episode like i'm i'm going um i absolutely loved it man it was it was so well done and uh the the, it was a very strong opening got us right back into it re-familiarized us with the characters again whenever uh wrecker hooks the little the box up to the fucking rope and then they all sit on top of it and ride it up i was like yeah this is some classic bad batch activity i absolutely loved it and then to go to SIDS, I was like, all right, we're really, we're really back into the, back into the uh, flow of things. And we're introduced to our first new character who I assume is going to be quite prominent because yeah. ain't no way you get Wanda Sykes to voice a role and God not damn utilize her. God uh, damn it. What what is what else is she in? Like, what do I know her Dude, from? She's a, she's I a recognized comedian. it. Yeah, came up as a comedian, right? 
Yes, yeah. And then she's been in like, uh, I don't know. I remember from like Evan Almighty or Bruce Almighty, maybe both of them. I don't know. Like one of those she's in. For yeah, sure. she was in Evan Almighty. She was in Dude. Bad Moms. She was in yeah. the Black Lady Sketch Show. She, like, she's been in a ton of shit. I feel like, she's like been- the, our childhood, like a lot of like comedies that were like fringe watchable for us, she was in like a lot of them. Blackish. She was a voice in Bojack Horseman. Uh, she was in Broad City. Bojack. That might be it. That might be where I know her voice is from Bojack. Who does she play in Bojack? Mary Beth. Ooh, maybe not. Well, that's the thing, is that there's a lot of side characters that just pop yeah, up in Bojack Horseman. So yeah. There is a distinct possibility that's where. But Wanda Sykes, she's got an incredibly distinctive voice, and uh, immediately hearing her voice as Fee, the pirate, the trustworthy pirate, I was like, oh, fuck. Yes. Dude, it's so instant. Like, as soon as I heard it, it was just like, bang, that's her. God. I know exactly what it's actually from, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's over the hedge, is what I know her wow. from. And yeah. I believe she's the skunk, right? Is that the character she... The, the like, kind of sassy skunk in yeah. over the hedge, I think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that that's that's definitely what it... I, okay. Anyway, no, sorry it's, to it's break away from Bad Best there. I no, to... it's all right. It's an incredible voice actress. She's been in a whole bunch of shit, but uh, mm. yeah, I love I loved uh, that introduction, and and obviously a character they're going to uh, reutilize. Mm. They even set her up to come back, yeah. being like, uh, "This intel didn't, isn't cheap, you know. Like if they if they are successful, I want a cut of that shit." So she's coming back. Uh, and she's Wanda Sykes. That's all you need to know for her to be coming back for sure. But uh, I love the way she flirted with Tech. Mm-mm. Brown eyes, yeah. Well, yeah up, I didn't notice eyes? that before. He's the only one with brown eyes. They're, they all um, have brown eyes. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even. Oh, so it's just the bat. But every clone, no, I did, I've never have, every clone has brown eyes. He goes. Uh, he goes. Oh. Well, the phenotypic uh, gene it did not change for any of us. It is all, we all have brown eyes. And he's and she's like, okay, yep, I've had enough of this. I was trying to flirt with you, and you clearly did not pick up my vibe. Uh. Okay, that makes way more sense now because I'm like, wait, does every clone have blue eyes? And I'm like trying to think about it. I'm like, I don't remember them having blue eyes. Like, no, Tamara Morrison has brown eyes. Okay. Uh, Yeah, no, but uh, cleared up now. Wow. Yeah, that I don't know because I was so confused. I'm like, is Tech the only one with brown eyes? And okay, this I don't know. Is Tech is Tech hot? Why? How you yes. not? Flirt, how you not flirt with Hunter though? Like out of the Bad Batch, like Tech's hot. Tech's hot. That's a that's a fine looking man, and he got a glow up between seasons. I swear, this man, the cut of this yeah, man's jaw. Yeah, you definitely are thinking it's like an investment. Like he he's already improved. Okay. Like look at look at what he's gone gone up like one season, dude. That value has skyrocketed. Oh yeah, you're right. It's, you're okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, episode There's... two, he comes into his bag, though. Episode two. Oh, yes. That's oh, yes. For sure. yeah, we, we got it. We're going to have a whole dialogue about that. Because, boy, let me tell you, I got some things to say about that man in the next episode. Oh, but he's fantastic in episode two. One one thing I did want to like bring a small amount of attention to is, like, I, I don't know if this is synonymous across, like, a lot of animation right now. And maybe I just don't watch enough animated things right now. And it was probably prevalent in... Clone Wars as well, and I, or I know it was, but like one thing I will never get tired of in Star Wars animation that I just don't feel like I notice in others as much is like the use of almost like camera work and like angles that like you just don't, you feel like are 
what you would see with like a real camera and like movie shooting, like the angles and like the there's like certain times like what they do with focus and like all of these things. It's just shot very like refreshingly and there's Ooh. so much depth in each shot. Like there's a specific scene and I'm not sure if it's in this episode technically or the second where I think it's just uh Hunter and Wrecker up like on top of a big cliff and just a big folding like valley with tons of trees and like all of this full and everything for as far as you can see in the shot looks fantastic which you know it i I just like i don't know if that's so unique to just like star wars animation or like they just do it better but there is so many times where like i feel like i'm looking at something that is like so artfully done like shot angle like composition wise like just from top to bottom 100 percent. and speaking to those kind of massive big shots one thing that star wars animation does a lot more than a lot of the other animated stuff i do watch is uh they're so good at world building like when we got to sereno and they showed the the ruins of the city like oh my god that shit was gorgeous and like the way that i absolutely loved it it was it was such a good looking episode but uh let's let's go over some favorites for for episode one uh let's start with a favorite character and let's go around the circle uh joe you want to kick us off i was originally at echo that was my favorite character for the scene of him talking to hunter about like we need to be doing more and i love that they gave him gave echo more but omega shined so hard in this episode that i like And all of the flaws, in air quotes, and fair flaws that I think had last season are gone. Like, she is now a full member of the Batch. She is all of their capabilities and is, like, better than all of them. Like, that's, that's like, Tech has gotten way smarter. Like, he was not this smart back then, like, in last season. I think he was, but they didn't. They didn't allow him to, like, show it. him on the bench, bro. But, like, Omega... Every single aspect of uh, around her has improved. Like she's v- so smart. She's smarter. Like she realizes things faster than other people. She like she's the one who is like going out and be like, oh, we're being followed. So like she's she's exhibiting tributes of all of them, and like she's not the one messing up anymore. She's like a full. I don't know. She's awesome um, now. Okay. And I, so if anyone has any gripes with her now, it is purely misogynistic or i don't know what else is going on if you're hating omega this character is potentially one of the biggest comfort characters in my entire life at this point just because i love she's so fucking sweet how do you like i don't know how you watch that character and go god i hate this character what is wrong with you like yeah no kidding like you're just you got shit wrong with you got something wrong i gotta see i gotta see these people interact with like their nieces and nephews if like this is how they're gonna act towards like this person right like like, that's gotta be a red flag of some kind bro because like at this point i'm kind of rocking with it like that like if 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 you're not fucking with it i need to see you in like a a, uh uh I need to aunt, see like what an aunt or uncle setting and see what you be talking about because there's how, no how way you that handle, you're being respectful to that child at all. How do you handle like, babysitting? Yeah, like like here, I I made you this drawing. It's like, what did you do? Like rip it up? This, this shit is ass. Yeah, exactly. Like what? Come on, like let's be real now. 
<laughs> I made you the strong. You are so fucking annoying. Like, wow. what, what's like, what? <laughs> terrible art? You should just quit now. It's terrible. <laughs> I, yeah, like, like you know, know, you remind me of Omega from the Bad Batch. Like, I should be a compliment, though. Oh, you remind it, it should. She's a badass already remind, at like, age. How old is she right now? Like, I got like well, teenager I mean, age. Like, she's aged a little bit. You know, from I last season, like it's been 12. a while. 13 okay yeah pre yeah pre a little pre-teenage i'd say is where we're at yeah yeah like but, i guess she's she's older than boba was in attack of the clones oh i guess they're the uh, same age her and boba were born yeah. right okay so however okay yeah that's it. okay so yeah she literally is older than boba in attack of the clones because this is several years after that but uh I know. Omega's a great fucking choice for favorite character. Uh, Kyler, how about you? Who you got as your favorite character from episode one? All right. I had to, I had to go with tech for this one. I, it's hard because, dude, his, we'll get there in the second one. And naturally, I mean, he, he pops his shit. I'm gonna just like respect, but I liked, I liked it in this episode because I thought there were other people in the next one I could pick. But in this one, for me, he just felt like, like I said, going off of last season where his role was like just a one-liner, a nerdy one-liner every once in a while, he kept the one-liners and I think got more of them, but also is like vitally important and it is being mm. emphasized and I am just loving that. I thought the first opening five minutes of the episode immediately showed that he is coming with that heat with Omega. Him and her are rocking together. He, oh. Joe, you touched on this earlier, but he is like... Whereas Hunter is still being protective and stuff, and I'm not faulting him for that so much. I just feel like he's always separated because he's trying to be macho man, whatever, like separated and like think she's safer away from him because he'd be in the danger. But Tech knows that she is an asset and he is putting that shit to work and she is bailing his ass out and he appreciates it. And they are just like got a chemistry that like last year you felt like the kind of non-Hunter person for Omega was Wrecker. And I think we'll get that still just because, like, mm. that's just is just the dynamic that's always going to be prevalent. Like, big bruiser dude, soft soft as hell for the little little, yeah. little girl Omega. But but Tech in that relationship just was so fun. And like I said, the one-liners are immaculate. Uh, like, he is coming with that them jokes. He's got the heat. And hey, it, my, favorite, my favorite line this episode was a Tech one. Uh, uh, damn it, dude! Because I have like two that I think are maybe no, my it, favorite, it can so. overlap. It's okay it to overlap. overlap. Yeah. It's, uh, and I'll save it. I'll save it for when we get to favorite line. But uh, dude, that was one of my favorite things about this two episode premiere was uh, the the relationship they obviously built out in season one was Hunter and Omega, and they still managed to show that relationship through subtle moments instead of making them have the last little second on screen where they're they have the conversation they look at each other in the glow of the uh in the glow of their ship and then we cut to black you know they had they had yeah. those moments with tech they had right. those moments with echo and that's what i needed out of this season and uh immediately tech being so like uh mentory to her like teaching her and instructing her on how to study and shit like I absolutely love that. She like takes a one second break and he's like, "Are you taking a study break?" Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, you're taking yeah. a break now. I guess we just all can fuck off if you want to take a break. Yeah, sure. We're on a mission. I don't care. I, I love. He's kind of like Hunter is like the obvious kind of like father figure for Omega a little bit. You know, they're all. It's weird that they're all like brothers and sisters. You know, or brother and sister. I guess 
Yeah, but like you know, Hunter is kind of like the father figure. I see Tech is like you know, sort of creeping into the father figure role a little bit more. But uncle, I'd say is like Tech. Wrecker's just the cool uncle. Wrecker's just like a like a cousin. Even I don't even know. Like it's just like brother. Wrecker's just there. You know, Wrecker's just a fun bag of joy. Um, And I don't know. Aha. Yeah, you, you know, you could hear him coming from a mile away. That I don't know. It, ooh, oh, I keep thinking pretty of, good tag. Of, of this episode. Like it is, uh, you can you can just tell that they've been a team for a while now because, like, last season Omega would always like need help climbing up something because she's just smaller or whatever, and they would always like ha- turn around to help her like pick her up because they're they're not used to it. But now, right. whenever they're running and doing stuff, Wrecker stays behind. And waits for Omega, and he lifts her up whenever, like, they need to. And he waits every time. Yeah. Like, it happens multiple times, which is just so cute. Like, oh, he, it's, it's, they'll it's all cool. be running, and then he'll just stop, wait for Omega, lift her up, and then he continues. Like, and it's like, I don't know, it's just so cute. Like, I saw a tweet where it was, it showed, like, last season, and then this season. Basically, like, the changes of it. And it was like, they're just a, a team now. Um, and they're functioning like one, which is really cool to see. I love it. I love it. But uh, all right, with that, since we've got Omega and Tech, I'm going to round out the favorite characters with Echo. I uh, mostly because I loved a couple of characters specifically in these two episodes. One was Echo, one was Tech. And while I think both of them shine a little bit more in episode two, I went ahead and gave Echo the episode one nod because of that conversation with Hunter at the beginning. And, uh, I like, I love the way they decided to split up the teams this time. You know, the way it was Wrecker and Hunter together and Tech, Echo, and Omega who were in the shit together. Like, that's just not how it's gone historically in season one. And I think they just got a chance to shine all together. I loved the way that Echo was looking out for Tech and the way he was looking out for the, for the team. Uh, I think he's a natural leader and I think it shined a little bit in that whenever he was with those two. And, uh, I just really, really loved him and, D. Bradley Baker's performance of Echo in these two episodes, I think, was extremely strong. Uh, he's, he's D. Bradley Baker's ridiculous for voicing all of them, but uh, you know, I, I wanted to get a little bit more specific. So, in the performance section, I went D. Bradley Baker Ooh. as Echo. Okay, I like that because I, I was probably just going to put D. Bradley Baker for almost every episode. I didn't want to default it, you know, because maybe I don't. You never know. Um, it's probably going to be him every episode, but I like the distinction of choosing which, like which clone he did the best with. Yeah. You know, not Um, all of them go through the exact same emotions and then in an episode, you know, I think it's fair. Okay. I, I think, uh, I couldn't, um, my line, I gave, you know, echo the line of the him needing to do more and stuff like that. So like, that's the reason if I'm giving a performance, it's to echo as well. I couldn't do it for really any other clone this episode so i think i'll have to i'll have to agree with you there i couldn't couldn't give it to anybody else kb's you on that d bradley baker on the favorite performance train or did you go somewhere else with it yeah i would say i mean i wanted to as soon as i heard wanda sykes voice i was like oh dude that's gotta be my pick because like just that voice and just like i just heard like attitude and stuff is like just so (laughs) so funny but she kind of shuts Sid up a little bit, you know. It, she's above Sid, I think. You know, it's she's hard like, when there's such little screen time there that, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can yeah. actually hand it off to her. 
I mean, Echo did, like I said, just like, I mean, as much as we talked about that moment, as much as I spoke about, like, how that moment felt watching it on screen and stuff, and, like, I can't even imagine, like, watching it again and rewatch and, like, paying even more acute attention to that specific line. Like, it's hard not to argue that, just even based on that line alone, that I could go with any other, like, performance, I guess. Like, that, that did click and register, and, like, that's what you're looking for when you're trying to think of, like, Somebody who's doing their job <laughs> to the highest order, like nah, yeah. you know. I'm I'm gonna say that too. But I, I Wanda Sykes is gonna be in my list. She's gonna be my hey. favorite real soon. I got a feeling. One episode, she'll get a lot more screen time, and you'll get that opportunity. I'm certain of it. Uh, but that sweeps the board for D. Bradley Baker as Echo for the performance. Let's go over favorite scenes. Uh, hmm. Kyler, let's start with you this time. What was your favorite scene from the episode? So I'm just gonna say that the whole sequence where they start flying into the into uh, Sereno or however you pronounce it, um, and just like that Dooku esque sounding score, like that evil score, kind of when they were flying in, and just how good the animation looked, like when they were flying in on this planet, and like how it all looked and stuff, and. Just that scene for me was like one that I, when I saw it, I wrote it down. And like at the end, I had a couple other different scenes that I wrote down. And I was like, you know, I'm still really rocking with that one. Like just the score score for me is always something that like just elevates a moment. And if you throw in the beautiful ass animation that's already going on and like they had just been talking about how this is Dooku's home planet and this and that. And you get this super like dark, deep sounding score like that. That's that that works that's for that me. Shit that, right there. Yeah, that, just, that hits for me. I just watched it again. It makes perfect sense. It follows right after Echo gives the line to Hunter of saying, we need to do more. It immediately cuts to them showing up on the planet. And yeah, it's Dooku sounding out the ass. Like it is like, and it's ominous, suspicious. It's beautiful. Like, oh, uh, like. And, that, and that's what's like, I like about it is like the planet actually looks like really beautiful kind of. And then you get some of the other aspects that like you see the rubble and like just how war torn it was. And it's like, damn. Dude, and the book reader in me absolutely loved when Hunter and Wrecker pulled up inside of Dooku's castle and they got to that big ass room with the giant green window because there's a giant portion of that book that takes place with Dooku sitting at that desk writing, just like writing and writing and writing, manic going crazy writing and like I could just see it in my head I like we haven't seen this room on screen but it's like exactly what I've imagined in my mm. head and I was like I oh, think they- are you sh- we haven't this wasn't in Clone Wars oh maybe it was in Clone Wars because I feel like because I, I, I recognized it because I mean I love Dooku you know this was like oh my god I'm getting more do- like Dooku okay I guess, you we, know I, mean? I guess we probably have seen it in Clone Wars so maybe my subconscious was working a little bit hard for me when I was reading that book but uh regardless that's what i was that's what i was recalling was dooku jedi lost by kevin scott it's absolutely fucking fantastic and that scene is a great choice uh yeah and if i can if i can toss in a slight honorable mention i thought the part like towards the end where they're just flying through the fucking air in a like massive cargo container that just (laughs) gave me like major a-team vibes and was just like super fucking funny to me i just i thought bad match is the a-team oh no 100 100 it's so apparent it's so apparent 
but that that scene just felt like so hilarious to me like it's just like kind of kind of a meme because like you got tech on one hand he's like oh this will be fine the the thrusters will activate and then you've got omega like looking around like bro this well, shit ain't happening if yet if they haven't gone off yet i don't know that they will uh, <laughs> dude, yeah that shit just was so chaotic i just love that it's the, the energy well and really... like one thing that kind of annoyed me about this two episode premiere is that they might as well have made it a one episode premiere because it was oh so... dude if you're gonna cliffhang like that what the fuck man yeah like, like, mid-air I... are you shitting me <laughs> yeah and like that's the thing is that like the cliffhanger omega's like Oh no, if they haven't gone off yet, I don't think that they will. And then like you open the second episode and she's like, the thrusters should kick on soon. And it's like, oh, well, that's you were clearly trying to cliffhang me there. And then you just went ahead and completely backtracked on it. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, I think it would work a lot better on small children, which I think is what it's for. Yeah. Uh, and they knew, when, they knew they were dropping these two. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, they knew they were dropping these two off, you know, back to back. They knew. So I think they would have wrote it differently if right. it wasn't, like, released at the same time. Because no way they would have us wait a week and be like, Oh, do the Bad Batch actually perish in this shipment container when they crash on this planet? <laughs> or do the thrusters actually, you know, like, I I don't know. But, no, uh, I get you. I get you. But uh, what about you, Joe? What's your favorite mm-hmm. scene from the episode? Mine was actually whenever, um, I think it was just, it was most of them there. I, it was definitely Tech, um, Omega, and who else was with them? Because Wrecker and Hunter were on their own, I guess, right? Tech Omega yeah, yeah. and Echo. It's whenever they're like, oh, they just re- released all the escape pods. Uh, we don't have any other option left. Like, Tech was like, we're, we're screwed. And then uh, Omega was like, wait a minute. This is a G class, blah, 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 freighter, right? We can, yeah. uh, the shipment containers actually have their, you know, she like one up them. Um, well, and, like, like the exact training they'd been doing, yeah. the studying mm-hmm. she'd been doing was on ships. And she was like, oh shit, this yeah. is paying off. Yeah, it was, it's perfect. Um, and I, it shows like Omega actually being useful again and her not actually being the problem anymore. You know, a lot of people complained about that. So it was like perfect there. Um, it's like she won up tech this time and, and every time tech gets one up, you know, he's, he, I love, and right before, um, if I open this door and I'm wrong, um, you know, we get sucked out and we, uh, violently die. And he's like, well, and I'm seldom wrong. You know, like just his little, his little, um, I guess there was one of his one-liners that was pretty good. That yeah, was my line. That's my um, line. Oh, damn. Yeah, I I stole the thunder a little bit. Damn it. it. No, damn I'm it. Um, <laughs> fuck. No, you're all cool. You're that's all cool. Scene, though. Is that kind of whenever Omega is like, yeah, no, uh, we can use the, you know, this as. Uh, no, I loved that plan. shit. I loved that shit. Yeah, and like you were making that point, like Omega one-upping tech, and be like, uh, I like whenever he like looks at her and he's like. Yeah, you're right. Okay, like, I'm actually impressed. He's. He, I think he said he says something like that. He's like, impressive. Okay, moving on. You know, like trying to like. I don't know. It was. It was really cute. Like that's my thing. Hmm, I don't know if I like that. And in uh, uh, Hunter, like even in Dooku's thing, like whenever Hunter's messing around with the tech panel, and Wrecker's like, "What's taking so long?" And he's like, "Tech usually does this, man. I don't know. I'm fucking. I don't know how to work a computer. I, I'm I just, usually the guy shooting the gun, man. I don't know what the fuck this is." Uh, no, I love that shit. But uh, my uh, my favorite scene was the scene where they all are talking. It's Wrecker, Echo, and Tech 
talking to Sid and Hunter's over with Omega studying and he overhears Wrecker go like Sid go, well then we'll just, we just have to convince dark and broody over there. And uh, he's like, convince me of what? And I just love that there, it was finally the scene that made me feel like, okay, Hunter is not the dictator of the group. He doesn't, if he says it, it's not 100% bond because in the mission room with Sid, he's like, it's too risky. We're not doing it. And then they leave the room and they're like, yo, we think we should do this shit. And he's like, well, shit, I'm not going to be like, no, you know, like he's like, fine, I guess you guys have a say, uh, which yeah, that is interesting to think of the larger kind of thing going on because, like, they're still in hiding, you know? Like, they kind of have to, like, keep, like, after Order 66 and everything, you know? Like, they're like, oh, these are the rogue clones that you're look that you, the Empire's looking for, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, uh, so you're just telling anybody, like, what's going on? You know, like, yeah. um, so, like, they're still in hiding, and it is a very interesting, like, concept of them, like, the one last heist, you know? Well, like, and uh, now they're thought dead. Yeah. Well, they're thought dead, but now what's the this dude's name? Empire. I guess. Yeah, he knows. He's the only one other you, than the people who saw them. Do you realize what that implies? Crosshair lied Him. to the Empire. He covered. He, he covered for them. He, he told them they died. I didn't even think of Crosshair yet at all. Either yeah. that or this dude's about to be gunning for Crosshair. Either yeah, he told he told Rampart they died. He didn't see them. He's sitting with them when they leave. They offer yeah, for no, him he's, to come he's, with he's, them. Him and Omega, like they literally he save he like they save each other to leave there. Like, yeah, that's like wow. That is aw- that's actually awesome. I love Cross- that little detail. Echo's man. leaving. Crosshair's coming back. Yeah. Crosshair's coming back eventually. I don't know. Maybe not this season. I don't know. I think he'll be like a bad kind of guy for a little longer. Um, I don't know if it'll happen this season, but I, I have a feeling, you know, he'll eventually wrap himself back in the team. No, 100%. Um, That's where I'm at. But anywho, back to the favorites of episode mm-hmm. one. Uh, we've got line left. And since Joe alluded to mine, I'll go ahead and give mine first. If I am incorrect, we will instantly be sucked out and perish. And then as he's pushing the button, I am seldom wrong. And it just opens and it's like, it's like perfect. I fucking loved that. I love when Tech's a little cocky because he's so damn smart. It's so funny. I love this guy. See, and that's what makes it so funny is like, he's so smart that it's always timing in his jokes. That always is just like, he never misses on the timing. And that's just like, he's, he's very, very funny for that. He's incredible. I mean, he's my favorite out of the Bad Batch that there are. I love the Brainiac character. It's just, it's just my my thing, you know. I got Superman versus Brainiac over there. The Brainiac out of the out of the Bad Batch, arguably, is Omega. Actually, but um, as of right now, it's it's Tech. Tech's, you know, he's he's the nerdy scientist guy. Um, but no, that's that. I didn't think of that line. Probably would have been mine if I didn't just immediately be like, no, okay, no, the echo line is, is, is my line. Like after I heard that, I'm like, no, like I can't go with anything else. Like honestly. Right. But, uh, yeah. But that's, I don't know, this one's, it actually like made me laugh. Like during the episode, I remember like, I actually was like, oh, like a little, <laughs> I am the, seldom wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I love, love that. Show. I love that but, guy. Uh, 
Joe, yours was the echo line, correct? The uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's just the delivery of it, like it, it. And what Kyler was saying about how like you come out of that scene just knowing that it was like whoa, you were like yeah, that that was like they were really wanting you to to remember that, and they did a really good job with it. Um, and like having the other aspect of Omega hearing the first part of it where he's like this, you know, our lives are like this because of Omega. But then he goes into being like, you know, although that was the right thing to do. And I like, I, I like Omega, you know, it, it seemed very negative because Omega just heard that part. And then we get, yeah. you know, the, the whatever, but, uh, later on, but like, I don't know. It's just, it was, it was a really good, good scene. And, um, I felt like I, if it wasn't my favorite scene, then I put it in my, in my line to give it the, the nod here. I feel you. I feel you. How about you, Kyler? What about a favorite line in episode one? All right. So mine's going to be, uh, let me think. I don't know. It's, uh, it is safe to assume that the majority of Dooku's fortune came from the many worlds he controlled and exploited all in the name of his war effort. And then Echo says, that's what corrupt people do. And then Omega says, but isn't that what we're doing? And mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. that, like back and forth is funny. Depends and then, on uh, what we do with it. Yeah, depends on how we use it. Yeah, that was. I thought that was pretty good for me. I mean, I had, I had both of the, uh, I had both lines. The one, you know, there are others who need our help, and then I had the hatch one. But I like this one. I like, I liked it when I heard it. I don't know. It's they're they are becoming a lot more aware of like. And I think it's next episode where they really dive into that, like their place in the the galaxy now and like kind of a lot of things that they haven't thought about ever. And it's interesting because these aren't like they're clones and like I am looking at them as just individual people because that's how good they've done at making them individual characters. But like at the end of the day, they are a clone and they were programmed to like only function like a certain way. And like next episode, like whenever tech is like, oh my god, I've never thought about the separate, you know, like, what you were before the war. He's literally, like, thinking of that for the first time ever. Like Because his world wouldn't exist without the war. That, yeah, he's like, wait, how does that make any he sense? didn't yeah. exist before the war. Yeah. So, like, it's a lot of, like, it's really weird to kind of treat not weird to treat them as humans but like it's i forget a lot of the times that like they are clones and they don't have the full knowledge of like what the universe was like at all you know they they have the very narrow you are fighting these people they're bad that's it and like that's what he was made for you know that's what he was made for and like seeing them like have the intelligence and consciousness and like having them make their choices and think about it for the first time is so cool um, I love but, it, dude. Mm, God, the show's just so fucking good. It's a, and people are gonna be like, "Oh, it's such a kid show. I'm not gonna watch that shit." And it's like, "Come on, like, I hey, man, the end of episode like, two is enough to dismiss that theory." And uh, with that, I think we peruse on over to episode yeah. two. Uh, this one is a very, very steady continuation of the first. We begin in free fall with Omega Tech and Echo, Wrecker and Hunter trying to break out of their situation, uh, sneaking through the city back to the Marauder. And you got Captain Wilco leading the clone troopers, ready to, uh, ready to hunt them down. And that's kind of what our whole episode is. Uh, one of my favorite character introductions, one of my favorite tropes in all of Star Wars and in all of comic books and 
everything is the regular guy helping out the heroes. Yes. I fucking love Romar. Yes. What an incredible character to introduce. Uh, I love when it's just a normal, normal fucking guy. It's just a dude. Just a dude who's here to help. You know? That's my favorite shit. How many Serenians are left? Can't be many. Like, cause he's, he's living out in the middle of the woods. Like, he had to find, you know, like, that's the thing. He has that archive. Like, there's like none. He's like one of the only, like, that's the sad thing is like, he's a dude who just cares about his people and wants to see like his history and art and stuff thrive again, you know? And like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, like, this character could have been a throwaway character. They didn't have to give any thought into this character at all. They could have just been like, all right. Here's your shelter for the episode, and they could have moved on. But, like, actually giving him, like, a valuable lesson to teach Omega, and, like, actually give deep history and, like, a conversation with Tech, that was insane. Like, that's the thing. Like, a a conversation they had with Omega and Tech are, like, two of, I think, the strongest scenes in the entire episode, you know, honestly. Like, or the starts of it, like planting the seeds for like some very strong storylines that are going to be coming up. So yeah, Ro- uh, he's, I don't know. It was really awesome uh, in this episode. This, this, I don't know. This show is just insane what they can do with seemingly what looks like a children's show. You know, like when you look at it, it does look like a kid's show. And I do get why people are like, I'm going to stay away from it. Like it just doesn't look like a show I could get into. But, like, then you watch it, and you're like... My thing with Star Wars, man, is that it's all kids' shows. True. It's all for kids. The only thing that I can, like, you can look me in the eye, and I'd go, yeah, kids probably won't like that or get it, is Andor. Uh, And even then, I think there's something they could probably grasp onto. But, uh... Hmm. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, honest, that? at the end of the day, it is for the kids. Like, Marvel, everything is for the kids. It's just, uh, they also want to try to make a movie that might be bearable to watch as, you know, as an adult at the same time. But this is like, I'm a 22-year-old person, and I don't care. I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm watching this every Wednesday morning. Oh, wow. on, you know, right when I wake up. Um, <laughs> this is so. one of my favorite things to watch weekly. And episode two was just a... You know, episode one, I was like, that's an interesting choice for a premiere. You know, like, I, it feels like a little bit more of like a middle of the show type double episode sort of thing. But, uh, I think this and this back half of it really solidified it as a starting point for their arcs throughout the season. Uh, Kyler, how you feeling about episode two overall? Man, um, like I, another one, like I, I loved, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I loved, uh, like that separation still being so prominent in this episode, obviously, cause it's such a continuation of the first, like I, it was fun to watch those like three and those two, like separate from each other, interact in entirely different ways, use the strengths. What I think is even crazier is like, you see some of these people in each, each of the groups getting way out of their comfort zone. Like look at tech, for example, in this episode, way beyond what he's typically doing for the group. Um, you Yo. know, and then Hunter kind of having to like take a little bit of a backseat as Wrecker kind of takes over the plan really 
um, towards like to get them out of that situation. Um, you know, this I think it's a weapons like, savant. Yeah, and so like I think it's good to see like this different types of interaction and stuff. Like I said, these groups they like have different strengths and. Sometimes that leaves different weaknesses. So, like, you're seeing them have to adapt. And, like, that's what's fun is, like, Tech would not have gotten that opportunity last season. Echo was not getting the type of, like, play he was. You know, like, that's what I'm enjoying is, like, they're splitting this up and making it, like, organic while, like, just simply answering the bell to the things that, like, people griped about. Like, it, it can be this easy. It really can. Like, it really can. This is prime proof and evidence here that, like, odds are, like, that many people are complaining about something to a degree. Like, there's an easy solution. You can do it seamlessly. Sometimes, like, just answering the bell. Like, it, they they did it. Like I said, it's been apparent first two episodes. Hopefully that maintains. But um, I love the night sequences as well. Like, being so, yeah. like, in the nighttime. That always hits different in Star Wars animation for me. Like... That, like, stealthy, like, type vibe, like, mission and stuff is just, like, brings a different kind of, like, just, mm. just whole tone. It, like, the pressure feels on from the get-go, like, just so, like, I don't know, edge of your seat kind of, like. Yo, the not, stakes in this one were real. I, uh, you know, season two, we've gotten a whole season with these characters. I'm more prepared for one of our main guys to die. Uh, like I was genuinely worried about Tech when he went down. For real, when he went down, kind of like in a way that was like, what? Like I got started to be like, wait a minute, like yeah, no, like uh, when he one v three clones with a broken fucking leg. Yeah, and also took down a fucking whole ass gunship and fucking speeders. Uh, yeah, dude. A Dude, broken femur not, that took exactly Not to mention hand-to-hand combat. I mean, this dude is... Okay. He's I gotta him. be honest, though. There he's was him. one fucking thing that all I could think when I was watching him do this shit after he had already said his leg was broken. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a vine that was so famous, and I used to quote this shit all the time in middle school. But it was, let's go into the mind of a Greg Jennings. And he's like... I gotta do this shit. I gotta do this shit for Madden. Fucking Darren Sharper, one of the hardest hitting safeties in the league. Fucking dude, it was so funny. Basically, the clip is this dude playing Madden. Greg Jennings broke his leg and then takes a fucking pass, like 85 yards, hobbling to the end zone. And that is all I could think about as I am watching Tech (laughs) just fucking murk these fucking bitches up, bro. Absolutely fucking them up. Dude, you don't know about it. I'm. I, I gotta feel like people know about it. I can't. Oh, they, they do. They it do. was a well, moment. I promise. It, it was a that. moment. It was a moment. You were there. You know it. Yeah. The thing though is that they, the bad batch, they stun. They don't kill. Oh, I love it. You know, which is like because they're realizing that they're still finding clones. But, like, they're going to start to realize that they're going to be replaced and that they're right. not going to be clones and, like, they'll have to deal with that. And it'll be interesting to see if they still stun, well, all, like, no matter what. Here's something I think that gives them, like, it, it kind of, like, I guess, immunity to this type thing or something is, like, 
I would say that the fact that they stun and stuff works in their be- like benefit because like you can chase them all they want, but they're already running anyway. And two, like they want the Empire to know, hey, these motherfuckers were here. Like, look what Rampart's having to do because like people know that it's them. Like, and all these people that saw them, they're gonna be like saying the same thing. And everywhere they go, they're gonna be saying the same thing. But Rampart's gonna be trying to cover the tracks. Like I said, bro. To me, it's just like, hey, we're like almost sort of an inglorious bastard. Leave a mark, make them fucking scared shitless to where they say they were there, all the people. The legend of them just grows and grows and grows until like they were a group that like people talk like scared of. That's the trope I want to see is like the bad batch stalking and like perimeter of this shit. And the empire is like literally these troopers are sitting there like, have you heard of that? that that group of the group of clones the rogue ones like I, that that's what i want i did like the that first, shows happening the first f-bomb in all of star wars is going to be a couple of stormtroopers like sitting on the perimeter going clone force 99 is here clone force 99 is here fuck you know just uh some yeah. shit like that where they're like nope this is not the, this is not the shit i want to fuck with and, um, you know after seen the end of this episode and like the bad batch being alive but not and like how that's all gonna like work out like the episode titles are kind of a little too telling like looking at the episode titles like a little bit like ending with plan 99 okay we know we know okay, I'll, i guess i'll get there but like clone conspiracy and truth and consequences is the next two-parter um, like two episode release at the same time is episode seven and eight. The clone conspiracy. The bad batch is alive still. Holy shit! You know that's probably I'm assuming is probably what it is. And the Palpatine probably not gonna like that a whole lot. Gonna try to kill. I, I'm assuming like Plan Ninety Nine. I never thought about this, but like eventually the clones would become like a hindrance to the Empire and. Like, they would just want to kill all the clones and just have the troopers that they have that were, like, born into it, you know, instead of being clone. you know, like, clones are worse now to the Empire. So, like, is Plan 99 the Order 66, but just to kill all the clones? Yeah. Oh, dude. That's what I think. I think I think that... Yeah. (laughs) Like, Plan 99... I think that is, I think that's the only one that's a little too telling, but, uh. Yeah, uh, I noticed that and I was definitely like picking up what they were putting down. What clones are like alive in Mando time? Like, what clones survive? Just clones that we know of. Boba? Rex? Maybe. Maybe Rex. Like, that's the thing is like, He's old and out there in like Rebels time. Like, what's Rebels is like. They say he fights in Return of the Jedi. Okay, so he's like, wow, yeah, so there's like no one. Man, what was that one? What show was it where you saw like a clone trooper just sitting on the side of the road? Kenobi, yeah. I was thinking of that too. And that was when? 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So So after Plan 99 would have happened. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, Damn. Or maybe not. I don't know. How long of... How much time do you think we cover here? Like, 
when when would plan 99 like an event like that when do you think do we even know you know like that's the star wars timeline i am so lost on 19 bby that's what it says <laughs> that's where we're at right now mm-hmm. so it's like within this year that it would okay hmm wow cuz yeah the end of the the crosshair thing revelation like re, like i never thought of that Crosshair would have had to lie. Or they just didn't ask him about it. He has to but do a no. report. Yeah, the, like, what happened? Oh, yeah, they, like, they're dead. They died. I mean, maybe they were suspected. You could have just gone, like, I didn't see them. They were like, they were dead. on Camino. The whole place went under. What do you think happened? So maybe he just didn't lie but omitted details, you know? Yeah. I guess, but, like... Covered them up. He definitely, like, regardless, he could have told the Empire, no, they're still alive, we need to go get them. But no, like, so it is, yeah. wow, that's crazy. I, I, man, I don't know how I didn't think about that, because I thought of, of obviously, like, the, the what that's going to mean to the Empire. Um, you know, just because the characters we see, you know, I forget the fr- Empire guy's name Rampart. already. God, he just sucks. He's just, he just is a, I hate, I don't know, he's just a, a fed, you know? <laughs> literal, literal fascist, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't really, I don't really fuck with him. But Rampart, yeah. I don't know, he's kind of like a, I guess, is he the, the big bad here, really? Because if the Empire doesn't know who the Bad Batch are, then it's really only him trying to kill him. Because he, well, he needs it. Tarkin, Tarkin knows about him. Oh, I thought he said if Tarkin found out that that would be bad for me. Well, yeah, but that means Tarkin knows who the Bad Batch is. You know, like we saw him in we saw him in season oh, one. Oh, he know. Yeah, he knows who they are, but he doesn't know that they're alive still. Oh, he yeah, that no. they're dead. I guess really, what's is there? Are they like were they valued as just a a really high? you know, functioning team? Or, like, was there something special that the Empire, like, needed them for? Or, like, was it really they were just kind of, like, the top dogs when it came to, like... Well, yeah, they were, like... They basically, if I recall season one correctly, they told them to take out Saw rebels. They told them there was a group of insurgents, separatist insurgents, who were still fighting. They didn't do it. Crosshair was like, yo, they didn't do this. They had to go on the run. Duh, they're the clones that just did not Comply. get the inhibitors. Yeah, so obviously yeah. that's why the Empire wants to... I was, th- I was trying to find the motive for the Empire just wanting to kill them, and it's because they know how the Empire took over and yeah. could be very dangerous in keeping their... Okay, duh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just had to talk no, through it. Uh, with episode two, let's, get, let's do some favorites. We haven't done any of the favorites here. Uh, let's start with character. Kyler, episode two, who's your favorite character? Man, I'm so glad that you came to me first because I'm so excited to talk about it. My favorite character was Captain Wilco. That ending scene, I was waiting for it because I just had already liked, I felt like D. Bradley Baker, the voice he was using on him, at some times, at least with the helmet on, was kind of deeper, more guttural. And just like the way he was so pragmatic, I was just really clicking with him. He seemed like one of those dudes that they were given a little more screen time to. And I was like, hmm, what does this mean? I was like, I'm going to keep tabs on this dude. And then at the end, he's coming with the heat. He's like, bro, you're on some fuck shit right now. And then has to eat the bullet. And 
man, just that sacrifice for me, like, I will salute you. You are my favorite character for that shit alone. Rest in peace, Captain. Like, I, 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 I like that. Like, that was a good, like, Sad. dude, it's kind of crazy. Like, Romar and him both have kind of like a one episode arc and like, it's funny how, like, those characters kind of can, like, really be in, like, a vacuum of just one episode, like, very, very prominent. And so, like, I just, like I said, I thought, like, the voice and stuff was a little different, which I, like, already kind of made me take notice. And then just the way he, like, fought through all that. And then at the end, where for that to come around, like, what a tie-up, like, man, yeah. one episode in, in and life. out. But I was like, hey, I'm fucking with it. Seeing Not. his thought process of, like... No, I cannot falsify a report. He was like, it was weird. It wasn't, you know, it was, it like, it, I don't know. It was very like programming. Like, it, it, I don't know. It seemed in a way where it was like, no, I can't do that. And Rampart was like, I know. Yeah, I like that, the annoyance. Like, I like the annoyance of like Rampart in that moment because it's just like, man, that probably feels like he's talking to the bad bad. Like, that dude's, like, defying him, and it's like, this is exactly what I'm setting out to this put a fucking end to. Why he doesn't want clones to exist anymore. Like, th like this is why tr they are going with troopers, or why just babies that are born into fascism, you know? Like, that's that's the only way to do it now. It's like, instead of based on a human that lived before the time, you know, you, now it has to be the well, Empire's always existed. Like, it's like, Rampart's whole thing in season one was conscripting soldiers who volunteer to fight for the Empire. That's what he wants. He thinks that there's a lot more value in volunteering for it than being created to oh, fight for it. Inter oh, interesting. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking about like the long game of where oh, yeah. the Empire Here gets in to, several years, that's but, what yeah. happens. This is one year after the Empire's True. taken over. Probably doesn't even last that long. You know, he's. I hope this guy die. I don't know. Do we know? There's Is no telling how long Rampart lasts. Like, yeah, because he doesn't pop up. Like, he's not one of no. the guys sitting. He's a bad at, batch. Like... He's a bad batch original. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, Kyler, I'm glad you brought up the voice acting for uh, for Captain Wilco because that was the voice that stood out for my performance pick. I uh, I picked D. Bradley Baker as uh, Captain Wilco for my performance because. It was different. There was a certain, like, uh, I felt like he was digging more into his, like, straight up classic clone bag, you know, because, like, uh, we get, we've gotten so used to hearing the Bad Batch who all have very different voices and not very different. They're, they're different from each other. But when you go back to this classic clone voice with just a little bit more of a deep, a deepness to it. Like, uh, there was a gravity to Captain Wilco that you like, uh, that really commanded the attention of the screen. And, uh, that you know, when he spoke, very yeah, when he spoke, you listened. Good. Uh, exactly. and, uh hmm, okay. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't really give Captain Wilco the, the love he deserved. Um, but I'm glad you guys did, uh, because tech just dominated this episode for me. Um, was my favorite this, character. This was yeah. his episode. Uh, this was, I think, the the show's way of being like, "All right, sorry, Tech, we really haven't really focused on you at all. Season one, here you go. Let's give you some good storylines and some good character tropes." And you know, Echo got a lot too, but I think Tech was the focus of this episode. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't have a single nom on here that doesn't involve him. Um, so 
he's he's my favorite character in um I guess if we're just going performance too. Um it would be D Bradley Baker as tech for this episode as well. Uh for me. At least that's what I had. It, I I do like the Captain Wilco performance. I think he like it is the more one that makes more sense. Um but I just want to remember this episode is like finally. Like this is the tech. Yeah. Nah, dude, yeah, it's just Hey, whatever clicks, man. It's you don't you don't gotta give us our flowers for Captain Wilco. I'm screaming it, man. I'm on the rooftops out here. We're all good. But uh if I can give yeah. a super niche mention of something that I also was reminded of, dude, I need if y'all remember Scooby Doo Two the movie, there is a scene where Fred gets on a motorcycle and fucking jousts with fucking the dart or uh the whatever that fucker's name is. I don't know. But they play Bon Jovi, Wanted Dead or Alive. That was the vibes I was getting from my man Tech. He was out there doing that shit for Madden, for Fred. That's he was it. doing it for all the fucking Marvels. Yeah, that's the thing about Scooby-Doo is that, that it is an inspiration for almost everything in Hollywood I mean, nowadays. Uh, so I it mean, does pop James up everywhere. Gunn. I mean, James um, Gunn, hello. It's Everybody everywhere. wants a piece. Everybody, Everybody wants pie. a piece of the pie. Why wouldn't you want to make you know, whatever you're working on in Hollywood in current day, like the inspiration should be Scooby-Doo. It's perfect in every way. Perfect. So in every single possible way. Yeah. No, nah, but uh, tech out there in them jeans, bruh. Fucking cute. I love it. I love <laughs> it. But uh, yeah, tech was also my favorite character. Of the episode, he finally got a chance to shine in a real meaningful way. Uh, you were speaking to that scene earlier about uh, between him and Romar and unlocking the, data core and he's like what the fuck are you doing with the data core wow a separatist data core no a serenian data core we existed before the war and he's like yo wait a minute shit existed before the war i've never even considered that yeah like uh that was my line but you did it way better justice than i did your line last time i butchered (laughs) yours and you just gave mine the absolute thunder it deserves so thank you no problem Um, no but problem. yeah, that I don't know. I love that's that's the exact reason. Like that scene as well is my favorite scene. Like that is I don't know him realizing that was like I like I kind of realized that I'm like oh yeah he is a clone. Like oh yeah he's realizing that for the first time as I'm realizing that like kind of for the first time. You know, like obviously I know that the separatist people were not always separatists. You know, like I I. I've never pieced it together, I guess, myself. Never thought about it too hard. But, like, obviously I knew that. But it was just, so like, so cool seeing, like, Tech actually go through the process of realizing it. And and now, like, they'll know that. Like, they're going to learn so much more of just the real world and how things actually work. And that they're, how they were created, you know. And, and it'll be interesting to see how they, just, what direction they decide to take their lives in you know is it going to be let's keep fighting for the you know let's fight against the empire like echo you know is going hard or is it going to be like no we've done our time we've made it through it's sir it's crazy that we're even alive we should like enjoy ourselves you know like i don't know it'll be i don't think they stop is the thing though i don't i don't know I don't get that impression, but since now we've gotten your favorite character scene and line and all that, how about you round it off with your favorite performance? Um, it is also tech. Uh, D. Bradley right. Baker is tech. So every single thing will be tech. Uh, yeah, you got, you got the, clean sweep, Bring out the <laughs> But yeah, I guess 
Sorry to drop it all at once, but uh, I mean, it's the scene in line. It's the same yeah, thing. It all goes um, together. It's so. fair. It's only fair. But uh, since I've given my character and performance, I think, Kyler, you just go ahead and give your performance, and then we can go into line and scene one-on-one here. You know, for performance, I'm going to go with Romar. I just really liked some of the weight behind a lot of his lines. He didn't have a lot, but Colton, you kind of touched on it too, like that trope and like the hero, like from like zero to hero kind of guy. Like that's easy to root for. And like I said, like some of the lines, he made a pretty profound impact. And like, I think with my performance, like, I don't know, D Bradley Baker's going to be in here a whole awful lot. Like I want to see, I, I liked Romar. Like I said, I, I don't know who that was. To look it up. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up right now. Not a lot of people are credited right now, but um, I'll just put him in there as a Romar. But we'll, we'll get his real name in there whenever they're credited. It looks like Hector Elizondo. Oh, okay. There we go. Maybe. We'll put it in there. Hector Ale- Alexandro? Yeah, Elizondo. Hector Elizondo. So like Eli, E L I, Zondo, Z O N D O. Okay. There we go. Oh wait, I think I know this guy. Yeah. This guy's been in a whole bunch of stuff. Um he was in Princess Diaries, that's who I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah, he's 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 oh. the like bodyguard guy in Princess Diaries. The wow. the funny guy. Oh, okay. Big big funny guy. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. yeah. You know him. I you know him. him. Some yeah. shit very recently. What did I see him in? Green eggs and ham? Mickey no. I literally just watched New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. New oh, Year's and he's Eve. in a, uh, you know, there was a corny-ass rom-com, Valentine's Day. Yeah, there it is. He's in that, Yeah, those too. are all by the same guy. Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, Mother's Day. Same guy oh. directing all of them. Same cast, same director. Like, it's, uh, and Hector Elizondo pops up in all those so yeah baller that's cool i didn't know that was him that sucks yeah i no, like i said just some of his lines they were they hit pretty hard and they had a a good like profound impact on uh on uh some of the cast so that that i like that that's a good pick i love that i love that romar is getting some love especially since uh uh my line my line pick goes to romar uh his line saying uh it's a toy it makes you happy Believe me, that's more important than any jewel. I loved it. It was just such an important yeah. lesson to teach Omega. And I'm a sucker for a line about just appreciating happiness. And that's uh that's all that line was, which absolutely rocks. Uh I love that, you know, they they touch on this in season one that Hunter is like, This isn't a place for a kid. She needs to live a life that is outside of this. And you know, you kind of see why that's the case, why she needs to live an ex- a life outside of this in this episode. She's so seared to the mission. She needs to complete the mission. She needs to get the shit done for the team. And at some point, you just got to go, yo, you don't need to do that. Like, we can just we can just be and it'll be OK. Uh, like, I, that's why I loved Romar in this. Uh, and Joe, you're muted if you're about to speak. Uh, that would be. Um, and like I, that scene was perfect, and like it, it taught her, you know, the beginnings of the lesson of being, you know, don't just be so greedy, and you know, think of just mission, mission, mission. Um, uh, but then like at the end, like or like end of the episode, like who is it? Like is it Echo being like you have to let go? You know, like yeah. um, it was just so like I don't know. It's 
they did an actual a really good job of these are super short episodes, but they have storylines that fulfill themselves. Like with like they actually have not complete, but like they're just planting seeds for future storylines. But like they're actually like very satisfact, like very satisfying while watching. Yeah, there's a theme. There's a, there's a fucking there's a fucking uh, moral to the story, and I absolutely loved that about this episode. And that line just really summed it up for me. I loved Romar imposing this wisdom on Omega, uh, because I mean, like, she hasn't had anybody outside of these clones. And while these clones are great dudes and they're trying their best, like we talked about with Tech, all they know is war. All they've known is the mission, and it's all they know to teach. You know, so like, uh, yeah. I think there is, there is a point to them learning what they can mm-hmm. be outside of it. And, uh, while I think that's the point for some of the characters, I do think there's going to come a point where they have to choose. Are we going to keep fighting? Or are we going to go live somewhere? Uh, and I think there will be a split of sorts, but, uh, amicable split, not like a, uh, fuck you guys. Nah, but like, we love you. You got to do your thing. We got to do ours. You know, that sort of vibe. Yeah. But, Kyler, what about you? What about a favorite line on your end? Um, I... All right. My left femur has been fractured by about 150 (laughs) kilograms of pressure. So, no. But that being said, there were so many funny lines. Like, Wrecker saying, I make a pretty good tank. That was, like, super close. Love Um, There was one simple word that came out of Hunter's mouth that I thought almost warranted my vote. He's like crashing when they're talking about crashing in the in the thing, and it's like he I I specifically put next to it his little baby Omega. He's he's so pressed about it. He was oh, and there are so many moments like that. Like even in the first episode, why is Omega hanging off the ship? And uh, I love that he's like, why is what what's and text just like study break. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, she'll be it. all right. Yep, she'll be all right. Like, uh, 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 he's just the the dynamic that they're building is so cool. Like the family that they have, they're all brothers. But in, I don't know what to call it. It's weird. Just found family. That's family. just the best. Yeah, just just found family. Don't need to put a put a title on it. I guess what they are. But I don't know. Did you? Is it the the femur one that you're going with? Yeah, like, I'll, I'll roll with that. that I mean, no, I just had to throw those out there because there were so many yeah. good ones. Oh, there's so many goodies. There's so many great little little one offs in this episode, and that was fantastic. Are you okay? Well, I my mean, has just been crushed by. That's the dude. That's the thing. Is that like he's not just like smart. He has like a bill. Like I don't know because. They even say that he can detect like electro shifts in electromagnetic like I don't know it's nuts. The dude has like he's like actual I'd, just like I'd droid level yeah like droid level detection basically is what tech has because if tech doesn't have like something else other than that he's basically echo but without like the the ability to be even more hardwired. You know, like, it's just a little bit smarter version of Echo. But, like, now I think they're making Tech, like, he's basically the droid of the group because he's the one that jams all the comms. He's the one that, you know, unlocks all the doors. Well, Echo sometimes unlocks all the doors and stuff like that. And I guess Echo's kind of the real droid. But, like, Tech has the functions of the droid, um, if that makes sense. I yeah, he's, uh, he's, his uh, brain function is a little bit more uh, calculated. 
And I don't, he's so like, I guess he's listening to their comms always, I think, because like, he's like, he's the one that's like, oh, they just, they just, uh, released all of their escape pods. Oh, now they, they're coming down on this elevator. Like he knows everything that's like happening all the time. I don't know if it's through their comms or that dude's just about it. Um, but yeah, I'm not either, sure. Very clearly. He's him. Tech is him this season, and he Tech is just going to be the rising star. Um, I'm hoping so. I'm I hoping hope. it's Tech and Echo centered yeah. this season. That's all I asked for last season. I was like, I hope season two is Tech and Echo centered, and these first two episodes we're heading down the right road. But uh, with that, let's let's hit the last favorite of the episode, and let's do scene. And uh, we'll go ahead and start with you, Kyler. Uh, Joe, you already did your favorite scene. It was the Tech. Realizing there's more to life, more to him repairing, and and I think like him just sitting down with uh, Tech and and Romar Romar. is probably the best the best way to sum that one up because I it is the that part of it, but also like him just actually repairing it and Romar being like, oh my god, like you just did that, you know, like it it was nothing to Tech, you know, it's like oh yeah, I can definitely do that, and he's like he repairs, he's like. Oh my that's god, impressive. he's like, holy shit, now I ha- like I actually have what I care about. Like this is so meaningful to me. It was just such a cute cute moment. I love it. I love it. But uh Kyler, what about you? Favorite scene? Go uh Tech and Echo and slash Romar, I guess, kinda saving the day when uh the the troopers converged on Omega down in the in the thing when she was trying to get the jewels because like there was just a whole bunch about that not only is the 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 tech just whooping that ass i mean naturally that is just fire one v three really doing that leg bro and like the fact that he hand-to-hand combat out out combated that dude and that one droid is still or not droid but that one uh clone is still sitting on the big ass machine gun just seeing shots go off not knowing holy shit is this dude like getting his ass beat or is my dude getting my like his ass beat like what's going on and all of a sudden, Tech just comes out and just gets that man, too. Come on. Stop playing with him. He's like that. He's taking them all. Romar's helping. And then, uh, yeah, Echo, bro, had a moment where, like, in the middle of all of this, Omega is, like, borderline having a crisis because she feels like she's failing everything and, like, having this moment where, like, she's breaking down because she's, she's got to get the jewels and shit, you know? And, um, you know, you give Echo that moment. Shiny stuff. Yeah, and then, you know, Echo being, like, a figure in that moment who, like, imparts, like, hey, this isn't everything. Sometimes we just gotta get out with our live, and that's gotta be good enough. Like, sometimes you can't do it. Sometimes you sometimes you can't finish the mission. Sometimes, like, a mission, like, just gotta come back, try another time, or, like, you mm-hmm. know, catch them, catch them on the flip side. Like, all of those things just combine for, to me, like, a really good scene. Like, like I said, like, it's not often, like I said, I mean, like, usually the Bad Batch comes out successful. Like, that that's usually how the episode ends. And, like, that's not quite what happened this episode, which is, right. like, a, a definite changeup. But you can't say they didn't get anything because the stuff Romar imparted on them and, like, just all of that stuff, like, what they learned about each other in those moments, like, these are the kinds of things, too. Like, not every episode has to be a, like, oh, we did it, we won, yeah, like... Like I said, sometimes there can be some uh, moral victories, I guess, and like sometimes the real mission was the friends we made along the way. Yeah, all right, Karen, live, hey. laugh, love, head ass, mofo. I'm, you can take that shit. I know it's for nefarious reasons, but can we talk about how wealthy that dude Count Dooku was? 
you know, piece of One chest. They opened one of those things and got it was full to the brim of just gold dye. Like his catalog of shit is almost like Iron Man level when Vulture hops on the jet. Like, like absurdity, absurdity type. Like that's what that's, this felt like. That was just one of their freight. That was one freighter moving out. That they they got onto one freighter movie. There was like five of those things. They're ready to like, and they were kept going. They there was like multiple yeah. shipments that they had to do. Count Dooku, I mean, he just keep he just. I don't know. He was good. He was good at stealing from people. Yes, very good. Um, I guess he literally kind of has the wealth of an entire planet. Yeah. Oh, and some and whatever he made from the Clone oh, Wars. Um, at, you know, the entire war, um, was probably pretty profitable to him. And his family was already absurdly wealthy because yeah, he's the count. Yeah. yeah. Um, his brother, like, I didn't know his brother, like, ran it and then, like, was a pussy in Count Dooku's mind. So he came back, killed his brother, and then took over. Like, uh, the dude is just, the dude is, I don't know. He keeps getting better and better to me every day. Um, I don't agree with the things he does. I no, just, as a villain, oh my uh, god. If I had a brother, if I had a brother, he better watch his back. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. If yeah. I had a brother and I'm Count Dooku and you're running my planet really badly, get the fuck out of here. Under those situations, yeah, under that situation, if you're my brother, then watch out. If not, it's okay, though. That's if, what the entire book of Dooku Jedi Lost is about, by the way. Uh, oh. His relationship to his family and coming back, coming back home. Right. I that's gotta, like gotta, if you're a Dooku yeah, fan, that is the top. Like you said, oh. you were thinking about getting to Thrawn first. You should go ahead and read Dooku Jedi Lost before you go there because it's a nice, easy read and it's fantastic. But uh, no, nah, it's a good choice. It's a good choice for scene. Uh, to top off the favorites, I'm gonna go with Echo and Omega's conversation afterward. Uh, Echo coming back on the ship and being like, telling her what he told Hunter. Like, we did the right thing. If I had to do it all over again, I would. You know, like you, us saving you is the best thing we've done. It's the best thing we ever did. If we didn't do it, we could be fighting for the empire or worse. We would, we could just not be, you know, we could, we could be dead right now if we didn't, if we didn't save you. And I like that. Uh, I just love that Echo had the moment that typically would have gone to Hunter in season one with Omega. Uh, That's like true. I love the way yeah. Omega was just sitting there curled up in a ball on the chair and Echo didn't come and sit in front of her, respected her space. He came and sat behind her, kept talking to her, res- like respected her and didn't talk down to her, like talked to her like they were equals. And I like, I liked that a lot. I thought it was really cool. And, uh, I just loved building that relationship as well along with just the way that Echo tech and Omega got to bond was very special like it was incredibly purposeful that hunter and wrecker the two who have previously had the best relationship with omega were separate like they they clearly knew what they were doing with that they wanted to build out that relationship some more and i'm glad they did because they did uh they did a fantastic job Mm. i'm glad glad it's getting the the recognition it deserves because tech dominated everything but like i do want to give like the credit to echo still because they I don't know. I'm just very glad that every character is getting the limelight. Wrecker is still just strong, and so I hope we get a lot more with Wrecker. Ah, uh, but I uh, make a pretty good tag. 
Yeah, and I guess, I don't know, I, I hope they don't overdo it and only focus on Tech and Echo and, like, actually leave Hunter on the sidelines. But I it, this... 100% hope they only focus on Tech and Echo. Really? No, like, I mean, actually, obviously, oh. I prefer that everybody get back in the mix. But, like, uh, that's how strong these this group of characters is, is that I think this show could run for multiple seasons and you could center new characters every season as the main characters you know like hunter and omega were very clear like omega should always be the centerpiece of the bad batch series should always be the main character in my opinion and she's even more the main character it feels like this season than she was last but uh the person who she interacts with the most should it i think it should be ever evolving and i think it would even make a lot of sense if like come season three they're like crosshair is who spends a lot of time with Omega and like they, they just keep evolving the relationships. I think it would just make a lot of sense. Uh, Omega has a villain arc. She joins the empire for a little bit. <laughs> like imagine she's like, Crosshair actually doesn't come back with the team. And she's like, you know what guys, you you are letting me do what I actually want to do. You are being too much of my parents. Fuck you. Crosshair. Let me do whatever the fuck I want. Probably see you later. Like, you know what? Join the empire. I guess Boba kind of has, you know, I don't know. Well, she's like the anti. She's like the anti Boba. So like when Boba goes off and does be, you know, he's being the bad, the bad team clone at the time. Omega's got to be on the good, you know, on the side of the rebellion. I, I, I'm I don't see her. Meet, I'm praying they meet post episode six. That's just that's all I'm hoping for is that Boba Fett and Omega finally get to be brother and sister. I, think I hope Omega like it's the thing. Who could Omega be? Like in like, you think she'd be, or or hopefully she's just like on an island, in peace, you know, just at, at spending her day, you know, just that's that's where she's been. Like, I hope in, I, I hope know. she just takes care of Omega Tech, or I hope she just takes care of Tech Echo Hunter and Wrecker in their old age. That'd be ideal. That's perfect that, case scenario. A, a, a clone retired. Huh? You're cutting out. Oh. It's probably because I'm like sitting way back from my mic. How's this? Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Much more she's going to open a, a clone uh, retirement home. That's what she's going to do. <laughs> it's going to be like a resort, but it's going to be. Omega's clone. Yeah. yeah you can't name it that, though, because they'll, they'll be like oh, hot true. under the press. So it's got to be That's like some low secret. key. But... Okay. I like it. So it. Is it 99. <laughs> <laughs> Does Omega and Boba. They is it like their aging process is just unaltered, so they just age as a they normal human normal. would. Yeah. Okay, but the clones is it like? I think they aged to a certain point and then age normally. Okay, so that's get them up to battle ready and then age normally from then on out. Basically, I think that's how they work. I think that's how they are now explaining they work i don't think that's how it always was i think it was once upon a time it's rapid aging they they only live for a certain amount of time but i think now with the amount of characters they want to keep around they go ahead and go they got aged to like 20 and then they were like fuck it do your thing uh it's pal like palpatine probably knew it was a temporary army so like it probably just didn't matter like get them up to battle ready they're all gonna die anyways in order yeah they're all gonna die anyway so it doesn't matter like yeah ooh, it's it's not his plan overall like that's the thing is that like i give palpatine all this credit 
like that he's planning this all along. But like what's actually happening is that like they're realizing in creative ways that they can make Palpatine plan this all along in the future. Like George Lucas did not write all of this and like now they're like, oh yes, now we can use this part of Palpatine's master plan. No. Um but no, I don't know. It's a- crazy that this show, two episodes in, we can get talking like that though like hey man that's the power of it it's a it's a fantastic show it's it's some of the best some of the best star wars ever for my money i absolutely love the bad batch man and uh i can't wait to come back week after week do we have any closing thoughts on this two episode Mm -hmm. premiere i guess we do have that prediction box i put in that you said that echo is gonna leave and join the rebellion i put maybe through rex slash ahsoka um i guess other yeah i don't know i I, i'm not actually serious about my omega evil arc um but i really really do think that they're gonna um focus a lot more on the why omega like maybe there's a a a point to omega and like something that we just don't know yet something about her dna something about her enhancement because like she's somewhat enhanced i don't know unless Unless they're just trying to say that she's the closest to an actual human, and she's just, like, I don't know, is is Omega enhanced? Does she have an enhancement, or is she just... Gifted. You know? Yeah. Because, like, Boba, you wouldn't call Boba enhanced. No. You know? And if they were both, if Django asked, he just asked for a son, right? They, it, But, like, was it... Camino's doing to make Omega, or was it Django's doing? I think it was Camino's, and they probably had some sort of they probably had some sort of motive. The thing is, though, that there is the possibility always that they just they knew Django Fett's a bounty hunter. It's a dangerous line of work. They didn't know how long they were going to be able to uh, keep mining his DNA, so they created a perfect genetic strand cast that they could keep on hand, and therein be able to clone her DNA to continue going. Uh, and give birth. Can a clone give birth? I'm probably, probably, because guys couldn't do that. True. She could have a natch the next natural birth. The, the natural clone birth. Boy, this is going quite down that's the, the rabbit hole. That's, that's <laughs> the f- maybe like that's the like how you clone a force sensitive something is it has to be I don't know some like not a start- clone. Not a clone, but born from, yeah, I don't know, some, you know, I don't know fucking, because Grogu and Omega are linked somehow. I'm going to tell you right now, they're not taking it the breeding Omega route. I hope, no, I don't think so. I was just trying to think of anything, why a female, like, why anything for the Empire's sake, you know? Yeah, I get Uh, you. No, I think, uh. I'm just, Grogu and Omega are connected in some way. They're both leading towards the Snoke-Palpatine path, I think is my broad prediction. That's a very vague, broad prediction. Pop your shit, twin. Pop your shit, twin. Uh, (laughs) Tyler, any last thoughts here? Um, I'm going to go with something that, like, I have really just a, this is just throwing a dart, I guess, but just the the vibes I'm getting is Crosshair is murking the fuck out of Rampart at the end of this season, and that's my prediction. Uh, not really much other than Rampart's a piece of shit, and it just will make so much sense for Crosshair to be like, they're gonna, he's gonna chase after them forever, and just say, see you later, bitch. 
Yeah. Um, That's my prediction, but I don't even know. That's like, I mean, come on. Like, this is a kid's show. We've already got the titles of the episodes. Like, you got to figure Crosshair gets worked back into the fold in the latter half of the season. I mean, it's just like, I don't even feel like I'm reaching like that. But maybe I don't don't even know. Maybe I'm just nailing on it. I don't think it'll even be a latter half of the season. He starts getting folded in. The next episode is titled Solitary Clone. Okay. Which, you know, which feels, which feels very crosshair. If I yeah, had I guess I just more meant like he's gonna clap this. Sh- he's gonna clap ramp in the in the ladder. That's I would be really, I'm with, you, I'm with you. I'd really love if next episode was just like no Omega, no Hunter, no Tech, no one, no match. just the Empire side, just Crosshair. Like I don't know. I think that'd be really cool. I don't think it's gonna happen, but um, I'd be I interested. Know. I'd be interested. I'd like it, but. uh then if that's all with that, I think we'll conclude this episode of Rebellion's Bloom. And uh, we'll be back next week for Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 3. And every week after that for Rebellion's Bloom till like the middle of April, all the way through The Mandalorian and such. Very excited for that. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod, newly branded pennybloompod, because... Uh, want it to be a little bit more about the pod than it is about me it's nothing but content nowadays it used to be art and stuff that i would post over there but i kind of became less motivated on that side of things it's been nothing but podcast content for for quite some time i figured i'd change the name to reflect that so uh patreon.com slash penny bloom pod if you're a high high republic fan i just reviewed the new book battle of jedda yesterday and uh, that's available for you. It's a nice, quick 20-minute review, not not too in-depth, uh, very, very spoiler-free for a while, and then I get into a little bit more spoiler-heavy stuff. But, uh, yeah, so patreon.com slash pennybloompod for $3 a month. You can support the podcast in a very meaningful way. Thank you, Kyler, for doing that very thing. Very huge. Very much appreciate yep. it. Yup. Uh, if you would head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. I was Colton Robertson and I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here and thank God we got more animated Star Wars. Oh, thank God indeed, my friend. And thank you, KBZ Kyler Barnett. Absolutely, man. I'm really looking forward to next week. Looking forward to seeing who you're going to be because, you know, I was Colton Robertson. That was today. Who knows? Next week we might get some some, some other guy. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Edge of my seat. I mean, absolutely. There's just no telling. There's just no telling. Uh, <laughs> with that, we'll conclude this episode of Rebellion's Bloom. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. And bad batch back. All right. <laughs> <laughs>